Hello everyone. Hope you are enjoying my podcast. Um, so now in continuation to the previous podcast, we'll be starting with chapter 5, what books and burials tell us. Okay? So uh when you open the book, the first question that you might uh, get is what are Vedas and the types and explain more about it. So uh, in NCRT it was given that Vedas are four types which are like Rigveda, Samaveda, Yajurveda and Atharvaveda. So Rigveda is considered the oldest uh, Vedas uh, which is uh, dated back 3500 years ago. So so if we go in detail about Rigveda, so Rigveda is purely uh, a combination of uh, a compilation of thousands of hymns. Hymns are nothing but suktas. Suktas in Hindi, maybe you can uh, recall it. So these hymns are about praising gods and goddesses. So most of these suktas were composed by sages at those times. So the gods uh, or the goddesses are mostly uh, are the following three goddesses. Uh, the first one is Agni, god of fire. The second one is Indra, warrior god, and the third one is Soma. It's a drink which is extracted from a plant, considered it to be a mortal, makes makes you mortal or something. So, regarding uh, these three gods, uh, all these hymns were written in uh, Rigveda. So uh, the Rigveda is uh, is an old Vedic Sanskrit language. So after that, uh, when you study more about Sanskrit, so Sanskrit is uh, it's a part of uh, the family of languages known as Indo-European. So why is it called Indo-European? Because uh, the languages in India like Gujarati, Assamese, Hindi, Kashmiri, Sindhi and uh, languages from Asian uh, like Persian and languages from European like uh, English, French, German, Greek, Italian and Spanish these have some similarity within each other with each other and with Sanskrit in few scenarios and situations. So generally these are grouped as Indo-European family. So Sanskrit is a part of it. In a similar way you have Dravidian family uh, where you have Tamil, Telugu, Kannada and Malayalam. So you find similarities in these languages. So they are considered to be one family as Dravidian family. And the other family is uh, Tibeto-Burman family. So all the languages which are spoken in uh, northeastern India, like the Meghalaya, Mizoram and the seven sisters of the east of India. And the other family is Austro-Asiatic family. So, uh, generally the languages spoken in Jharkhand is considered to be one of the, one of the family of uh, Astro-Asiatic. So, so, how did historians study the Rigveda? So, there were not much of material remaining to examine. Rigveda's hymns were mostly uh, recited and heard through people. 
so most of the rigveda consists of conversations between gods and humans so these uh, conversations are regarding prayers and asking for good health and wealth so so uh, in rigveda there are also gods from nature like um, indus is considered to be a god and its tributaries are also gods and ganga and yamuna so these are somewhere found in rigveda considering as gods by people or human who are conversing with them so how were uh, people or cattle described in rigveda so so in uh, about the cattle in rigveda it was said that uh, many wars have happened just to uh, get cattle or based on cattle so and there were many prayers that used to be done just to uh, increase the number of cattle and try to improve the health of cattle so because uh, at that till that time cattle has become an important uh, part of the life and people's dependency on cattle has increased uh, and if you see the people so uh, the people who lived in those in the times were uh, categorized based on the type of work they do so they are mostly brahmins and rajas so uh, brahmins are people who perform rituals or yagnas and rajas are considered to be rulers so uh, at these times where the kingdoms and rajas are concept has not been established yet so these rajas are uh, generally not succeeded from their fathers and they are not uh, they are not allowed to impose any or collect any taxes and they don't have any armies palaces or cities so they are considered to be like leaders rather than rajas the kings who generally have this kind of uh, luxury and uh, I mean, attention which generally is given in the times of kingdoms and so two words that are used to address people at the time were jana jana and vish vish uh, is uh, vish is a sanskrit word and vaishya is being derived from vish so sometimes people who compose hymns called themselves as aryas and opposite to these groups are called dasa or das dasyas so these dasas later became slaves so now we get into the important topic called megaliths so i think you may have heard about this topic megalith uh, the stone hinge maybe you remember stone hinge so stone hinge is considered to be one of the megalith so megaliths are nothing but the marks of burial sites at those times so this practice has started like 3000 years ago so many of these megaliths were found in dakkan south india and northeast and kashmir area areas or sites like dig sites so mostly uh, these are like tall stones or uh, that have been surrounded uh, that have been surrounded uh, around the grave grave 
so you have if you see on the top view you even uh, find this uh, find this whole structure as a mandala like circles and circles of stones designed into it and uh, these stones are having gap between each other so that it acts like an entrance to enter into the megalith so some megaliths uh, were also having an underground structure where they used to bury the bodies and you have this uh, mandala designed or the stones uh, stone architecture on the top of the ground so all of the burials have something in common so uh, th- those are that uh, dead people were always buried with distinctive pots which are made of black and red ware so along with these dead people they also buried some horses some tools weapons and ornaments etc so these burial sites have proved some social differences like for example there were some burial sites which uh, told us the difference between a rich and a poor burial site uh, so based on the finding the burial site along with human bodies so this rich and poor was distinguished based on the type of ornaments or the number of ornaments that they were like, having along with them in the burial along with the body in the burial so the second one defined the families so there were few sites where uh, a group of dead bodies were found at one uh, at one megalith so this uh, made uh, historians think that they might be of one family so considering a chance of burying one family at one place so some burials were within the houses so they they used to bury themselves in i mean themselves inside the house where they used to stay so you also find some kind of vessels and uh, vessels which are stuffed with food and other wastes so this particular type of burial site was found in inamgaon the the one which uh, was buried inside a house and the one which generally had this uh, over uh, over huge amount of uh, ornaments which differed the rich and poor was found in brahmagiri site so you need to remember the inamgaon and the brahmagiri brahmagiri means the rich and poor and the inamgaon means the burials which are found inside their houses so so it's a simple question that we generally get that what do skeleton study tell us like in general so uh, so there are uh, as we know there are two types of skeletons that are of men and women so it's difficult sometimes to decide whether a skeleton is of a man or a woman because the physical structure is purely um, uh, the physical appearance is purely made of muscles and muscles and skin which are no more there when they are buried so you only find the bone structure which are almost similar in structure similar in uh, looking so historians use some techniques to define uh, one was uh, if uh, if the if the skeleton has jewelry along with it 
uh, or the second one is the if the pelvic area of uh, the skeleton is huge then they used to uh, consider it to be women because uh, it's like an uh, by birth uh, i mean by birth uh, right for women to have that kind of a shape because of uh, their uh, privilege or their uh, not exactly privilege but uh, their ability to give birth to children so so after uh, i mean uh, 2000 years ago there was a physician named chiraka so you you must have uh, heard about chiraka samhita chiraka samhita so he generally had done the anatomy of the human body so at at that time he has uh, noted that human body has 200 bones but uh, sorry uh, uh, 360 bones which which was wrong when uh, which was wrong when in the modern times when they were counted it came out to be near 200 bones so people uh, maybe uh, historians consider that uh, the physician charaka might have also considered teeth and ligaments as bones because of which the count has increased to 360 rather than 200 so now we'll uh, uh, get in detail with inam gao so so inam gao is a uh, site neolithic site where you where uh, historians found seeds of wheat and barley along with rice pulses millets pear and sesame so this proves that uh, there was an agriculture uh, movement that have started and people started adapting to it so it was also proven that there was some kind of cattle trading that was happening in uh, in inamgao where uh, they found traces of buffalo deer goat sheep dog horse ass pig so uh, now uh, we have this elsewhere which is uh, which is a small uh, Uh, parallax uh, which is happening uh, in other parts of world so in china uh, a writing was found 3500 years ago on animal bones so these bones are called oracle bones on which these inscriptions or writings were found so generally these bones define the fortune or the future of the kings so they generally used to uh, write whatever they want to test or ask the fortune teller on the bone and give it to them so they they used to fire them so the bone used to crack so depending on the types of crack that particular bone gets and uh, bone suffers and the type of uh, uh, result will differ so the fortune tellers depending on those crack used to uh, tell fortune to the kings whether on various uh, situations like uh, whether would they be winning battles or will there be uh, harvest for harvest this year or not or will they be having sons or uh, daughters this year so you need to remember the word oracle bones so oracle bones might be an important topic for upsc so you need to remember your oracle bones
so so now uh, it's a time for uh, match the following so sukta sukta means well said and what are chariots chariots were used in battles and yagna is known for sacrifice and dasa means slave and megalith means stone builder which are which represent burial grounds so now uh, we get into the chapter 6 which is named or named as kingdoms kings and early republic so introduction to kings so kings at those times were very powerful and they were they were uh, they used to rule a kingdom or an empire of some thousands kilometers square areas having some thousands of population so uh, this ncert book starts with ashwamedha ritual so which is an sacrifice or war with the horse stopping at any kingdom so so whoever generally doesn't agree with uh, surrendering the kingdom wherever the horse has stopped they has to there there has to be a war with the king whose whose horse is running so kings were supreme and they were very powerful at those times so these kind of instances remind the kind of uh, leadership and the kind of uh, uh, what we say the heroism that is being shown uh, to uh, into kings after that uh, we try to study about varnas so based on the books written after rigveda by priests these are called the later vedic books of north india the people and society were divided into certain groups those are called they are they are called varnas so the people group of peoples depending on uh, depending on the uh, society society uh, and the depending on the society and the work they do so they are being divided into different varnas so these books also tell us about how rituals were to be performed and rules of the society so in this later vedic books what we get to know is about the varnas and about the rituals or the rules to be in the in the in the times of the society and so this generally these uh, later vedic books were written by few priests of those times so these varnas are divided into four types so the first varnas are brahmins the second ones are kshatriyas and the third ones are vaishyas and fourth ones are shudras so it's in a hierarchy so brahmins on the top second one comes kshatriya third one being vaishyas and fourth one being shudras so so each varna has some kind of limitations and some kind of considerations that need to be uh, remembered so for brahmins uh, it was told that they can study and teach vedas and they are they are to be the people who should do the sacrifices and also the people who should receive the gifts in the whole uh, society so the second one are kshatriyas 
so they have the right to study vedas but uh, when it comes to protection and fighting the battles so kshatriya should do the need and their main um, the main motto uh, of these var- this varna would would be to protect the people and the third one are vaishyas so the vaishyas are generally uh, considered to be the farmers or the traders in the society and the fourth one are shudras so they can't do anything mentioned above so they can't do even the farming and trading so even women in the society were considered to be shudras so they are not allowed to do anything mentioned above so many people oppose this system uh because there was no equality uh, across the varnas and uh, many people from kshatriyas also opposed because they treated themselves to be far uh, more prominent than brahmins and even vaishyas uh, treated that it's kind of an injustice that has been done between vaishyas and brahmins so then we come to the topic called janapadas janapadas so uh, as we already know the two terms which have been used for people jana and vish so this janapada is uh, based on that jana so land where jana set its foot and settled down those are called janapadas so there were many traces it's uh, janapada is nothing but a small kingdom or something like that so there are many traces of janapadas which have been excavated uh, during research there were many excavation that uh, were found at purana kila in delhi hastinapura in meerut and uh, atranji kera in uh, itta so at these times of janapadas when they were found the, uh, the people who stayed in janapadas they used to grow wheat barley pulses sugarcane sesame and mustard so these used to be made they used to make earthen pots of clay color so which were called greyware at those times then later came this mahajanapadas so this is this could be one important thing that you need to remember throughout the course because you uh, you will be learning more about it and how this uh, mahajanapadas evolved into kingdoms and empires in uh, coming lessons so mahajanapadas also after 2500 years Uh oh, so after so before 2500 years ago some janapadas became important because of the location because of the prime location and the types of occupation that used to happen and uh, the kind of trade that used to happen in those locations so they because of their prominence they are given a special status called mahajanapadas like the prominent places so in india there were few uh, mahajanapadas like the takshila clearly hastinapuram vaishali kaushambi ujjain so gandhara so sorry uh, mahajanapadas are like uh, the kingdoms and they used to have capitals to it so the kandara is one uh, mahajanapada clearly is one panchala kosala vajji magada anga 
and Avanti. So these were some of the prominent Mahajanapadas that were uh, present at those times. So Gandhara has Takshila as capital and uh, Kosla has uh, Kaushambi and Vajji has Vaishali and Avanti has Ujjain as their capitals. So many of these capitals were always uh, fortified with big tall walls. So kings of Mahajanapadas also maintained armies and collected taxes. So this is where you generally uh, notice the taxation being introduced into the topic. So they used to collect taxes and give, and give regular salaries to their uh, armies. So what type of taxes were collected? So taxes on crops, so one-sixth of the produce need to be given, like which is called the baga or the share. Now baga, baga means part as you know in Hindi or any other languages. So it's mostly the share that need to be given. So the second type of taxes were on craftsmen. So they used to work one day out of the whole month for a king for free and the third one uh, are the taxes on herders so they either you, they need to give direct animals to the kingdom or pro, uh, give the animal produce so the fourth one being taxes on selling and buying the fifth one are the taxes on hunters and gatherers to give some of the uh, forest produce that they have gathered like they need to either give animals or they need to give honey or uh, any other fruits or things that they have collected to the kingdom. So these are the five taxes that uh, are being collected in the period of Mahajanapadas. So what types of changes did we see in agriculture in Mahajanapadas period? So, so the, the first uh, change that change or the uh, development that we have seen is growing use of iron plows. So I think it, it really helped the people uh, get good yield and good efficiency while doing agriculture. And the second one being transplantation. So uh, we can see that uh, there are there were few tra traces where uh, or there were few. Uh, Proofs that were written in some of the books, or who I mean, which were written by travelers, that they have seen uh, agriculture using transplantation at this period, where uh, instead of seeds, uh, they used to plant the seedlings, which means that uh, they used to grow these seeds in a separate environment, and then they used to let them grow to a certain period, like uh, one or two months. So these baby crops, these can be later been uh, planted again as crops so now comes the interesting topic which is magadha empire so as we already heard about this in uh, earlier chapters that magadha has been prominent uh, empire and it's been one of the first empires uh, in India that uh, rose to prominence. So, there were two re major rivers like the Ganga and the Sun, which flow through Magadha, so which made Magadha do the trade, transport and other kind of water supplies and it also helped the 
land for uh, learn to be more fertile than any other kingdoms so which uh, which indirectly gave them good yield and good crop and they tried to do business out of it so because of uh, magadha being surrounded by the forest so there were uh, abundance of elephants that were used for their army and they they used to train them and there was so much of abundance of wood so that they built houses and they they had very rich life like uh, and they also had very good number of chariots for uh, warfare uh, along with it uh, magadha also has a few iron mines that were that rose to prominence so using these iron mines they also made tools and weapons for their warfare so in magadha empire there are two powerful rulers rulers that we need to remember the first one being bimbisara and the second one being ajata satu so these two uh, rulers have conquered most prominent janapadas and uh, tried to increase the empire of magadha in india So Rajgriha which is currently known as Rajgir in Bihar was the first capital of uh, Magadha empire later shifted to Pataliputra which is the Patna So uh, there is a short uh, story given in the NCERT book regarding this Magadha empire So this story talks about alexander the great uh, who always wanted to uh, conquer the whole world with his army so when that army was trying to enter base river and uh, it was trying to march towards east eastern in into magadha kingdom so his army refused because uh, because of the rumors that they have heard about that kingdom the power and strength of magadha empire so this is some reference some kind of reference which generally projects the strength of strength and powerfulness of magadha empire at those times so now comes the vajji empire or vajji mahajanapada so the capital of vajji is vaishali which is currently in bihar so vajji and magadha are kind of uh, neighbor uh, neighbor empires neighboring empires so vachi uh, is a different concept of uh, different concept of governance altogether so vachi has many small uh, uh, regions or ganas or sanghas so there are different members who formed vachi of different uh, different uh, backgrounds so there used to be many rajas in one maha, one mahajanapada but they used to take collective decisions on threats and occasions and rituals so so vajji has its own type of governance and is uh, known to be uh, the example of unity so the major uh, the prominent kings uh, the prominent kings in these uh, vachi uh, empire were buddha and mahavira as we all know them as uh, the founders of buddhism and jainism so 
so these two rulers belong to the uh, few ganas in the uh, in the vajji empire so from uh, there was a book a buddhist book called diganayaka which was written uh, 2300 years back so there was a story where ajata siddhu sent his minister uh, vasakara vasakara ajata siddhu has sent his minister vasakara to buddha to get advice on attack on vajis vajis so buddha replied that they still united because of the following rules uh, and and they will never fight with each other at any time so the rules that they used to follow are like they they always support each other and always follow and try to give frequent public hearings so they try to meet and uh, act together and they have to follow some established rules that they take oath while becoming a uh, sangha member so they need to also respect and support elders and uh, at invachi they never used to i mean they never they never are used to held uh, or capture women by force and and they need to uh, maintain local shrines like chaityas and they should uh, never stop saints following their own beliefs and enter and leave the kingdom so these sanghas generally the i mean because of these rules uh, the vajis uh, empire has lasted for a long time and uh, they were always united and they stood against very good very big empires like magadha and fought well so these sanghas like the sanghas of vajji empire lasted for about 1500 years lasted for about uh, till 1500 years ago so it's almost like uh, for an thousand years they have lasted so after that we get to know about uh, elsewhere elsewhere is something which is happening parallelly somewhere in the world so now that uh, we are talking about uh, the kind of uh, the kind of kingdoms and kings and the kind of uh, ruling that's happening in india and asia uh, there is this place called athens athens so the the first democracy uh, was first uh, given uh, to in, in 2005 2500 years ago and this democracy lasted for 200 years almost so what were the features of this democracy the first democracy so in this uh, democratic uh, area so uh, uh, people who crossed 30 years they get the permanent citizenship of the country and they uh, there are almost frequent assembly meets that used to happen almost 40 times a year so these meetings are open and everyone can attend these meetings so uh, generally for the appointment of ministers and things like that people can apply and uh, uh, and there used to be kind of a lottery system that used to be happen from where people are being elected as uh, members or public representatives of the government 
so all citizens who are uh, above 30 should serve in army and navy for a certain period so um, uh but uh, there is one thing that is kind of uh, backward which is like uh, women traders or slaves they were never considered to be citizens of that country because traders they move out of country frequently and slaves and women were treated very badly in those areas so uh, now we get into the short timeline we'll try to summarize the whole thing that we have read till now so 3000 years ago there are new kinds of rajas that have emerged and 2500 year, years ago the rise of mahajanapadas and 2300 years ago the alexander's invasion invasion to, uh, to india and uh, 1500 years ago the end of ganas or sangas ganas or sangas or it means the end of vajji empire so this thing this is like the summary of uh, chapter 5 and 6 hope you all liked it please share it if you like and also do follow my podcast for latest updates thank you and have a nice day